Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Y'all, we have a super fun conversation today with Todd McCullough of T-Mac Fitness. We talk about all of the things, how Todd got from playing football in college at the University of Florida. I know, I know, you know he's a great guy if I let a University of Florida football player on the program because you know I'm a Georgia fan, but you guys, give him some grace. He's a really good one. All the way to a financial advisor and now personal trainer, yoga instructor, and CEO and founder of TMAC Fitness. We talk about movement, y'all. We talk about how to find a way to move that you can do for the rest of your life. It's just so important. We also talk about just the importance of movement and what it can bring to your life. Additionally, we talk about the meditation practice that Todd created himself called Mind Right. And we talk through meditation in general and why it can be a beneficial practice to add to your day. It is such a lovely conversation. I can't wait to dive right in. So here we go. Hey, Todd, I am so excited to have you on the show today. So thank you for being here. So excited to be here. Happy Friday. Yeah. Happy Friday. Awesome. Well, I want to first just have you tell us a little bit about you and how you got to where you are today. (laughs) It's a funny story. It's always confusing on Instagram because one moment I'm like killing a deer and the next moment I'm doing yoga. (laughs) It it, it confuses people. We're multifaceted Uh, people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So I grew up in the rural South in a small town, like right there on the Florida Georgia line. You're a Bulldog fan. So I went to school (laughs) in Florida. We kick it down you guys all the time. I love that. It took you like two seconds to go there, but national champs this year. (laughs) I love that we can still love each other besides the the Florida Georgia rivalry. That is a special game. The the moonshine that flows in those parking lots is special. Exactly. Yeah, so I grew up in a small rural town. I was fortunate to kind of live that childhood dream played football for the University of Florida. Yeah. And then during that process had like five surgeries and just yeah. couldn't really lift and work out anymore. Also the same time. So I kind of was struggling physically and also kind of struggling mentally and spiritually as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working after football, I was working as a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch mm-hmm. and was doing that whole process in Ponte Vedra. And it was a great experience. I worked with a bunch of talented people. Um, mm-hmm. but it was just, it was interesting. I was going into the office on like a Saturday and I was the only one at the office. And I started noticing that for months on the end. I was the only one in the office on Saturday. And I always worked on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Like my whole life, we had always worked every day but Sunday. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't know... I was like, all right, I know... You start to find out more about yourself, right? In in your 20s. You're like, 
all right, like I'm not playing football anymore. I know that I don't mind working hard, but it needs to be something that I believe in what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, super, and super passionate about it, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And I didn't feel like finance was quite it at the time. And sure. so I played football with a guy out in California and got him kind of the emotional side that was struggling. A girl I was dating for like four or five years, mm. awesome college relationship, didn't work yeah, out. So now sure. you're sitting here like, I'm bored out of my mind at 25 years old. Right, totally. Went and visited my buddy on California. I was like, well, this is sure as hell a lot more exciting than North Florida. <laughs> yeah, I would say LA is a lot more exciting than most places. <laughs> yeah, and not never was an LA guy. But had Merrill Lynch mm. transfer me out. This is the firm I was with was Merrill Lynch yeah. to uh, Century City in LA. Yeah. And that was 2008. Oh, and what a nice time to be in finance. Nice time to be in finance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is sort of hear people talk about it these days. I'm like, it was really bad. Yeah, it was so bad. Yeah. I mean, when Lehman Brothers collapsed, like Ugh. everyone like, was rushing to the banks. We didn't know if our money was going to come out of the banks or not. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Oh, it was, it was so bad. I know. Crazy times. So within four months of being in LA, not knowing anyone, me and thousands of other young brokers got yep. laid off. Oh, right? sure. Mm-hmm. Quick lesson. Like you're either an asset or a liability. Yeah, exactly. I was a liability. <laughs> sure. And I had a chance. I was like, a chance to kind of rethink life. You know, I was like, here mm-hmm. I am. Like I could go back to Florida, transfer to another firm. Mm-hmm. The finance life is pays really well. You can play golf. You can drink cocktails. For some people, that's life and that's amazing. That's success, right? For me, it was just like I was more mission-based and didn't really know what that was. Sure. And ended up taking all my suits to Goodwill, all my fancy suits. Didn't and even try to sell them? <laughs> no, I just took them to Goodwill. And I kept I kept two for weddings and funerals. There you go. Yeah, you got to have at least one yeah. or two. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so I have those. And then I got some board shorts, a wife beater, and started handing out flyers in Santa Monica and built a personal training business. Yeah. And that... Two years of being broke as yeah. it was quite a transition from finance, but I started yeah. to feel alive again. Yeah. It was the first time since football that I started to feel alive. And then sure. I knew that I could, I thought these were my God given gifts and I could mm-hmm. lean into that and I'd figure out a way to make a living. Yeah. Um, but this is way before the whole influencer fitness. Yeah. Sort of, this is, I mean, totally. this is like back in the day, like, hey, are you, have you, I mean, you've got to think about this now. You go from financial advisor. Mm. to walking around with board shorts, handing out flyers. Yeah, that's a transition. Every one of my family, my friends was oh. kind of like concerned. Like, Todd, are you okay? <laughs> LA like, is influencing you. <laughs> yeah, like, are you all right? Like, this is something like the idea of making a living as a trainer was yeah. kind of like, you struggle. Like, trainers struggle yeah, financially, sure. right? And after two years struggling, I was able to build a successful private network, like private high yeah. client business in LA kind of took the principles that I learned from Merrill Lynch with serving high net worth clients mm, to a personal yeah. training business. That's smart. And then you eventually run into the problem that every trainer runs into is like, no matter how good your hourly mm-hmm. rate is, there's only so yeah. many hours you can work. Oh, absolutely. So it was either build a studio or go online. Right. And like I said, I never saw LA as home. Mm-hmm. And I think what made my program unique was I had studied yoga for this whole time and had merged athletic training with yoga. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So back up for just a second. So when you, did you have to get, how does personal training work? You had to get certified. Yeah. You get certified. So when did you do that? You left Merrill Lynch first and then got certified. So backstory before that, my father owned the gym when I grew up. Oh, And so I was a kid in the gym that was racking the weights (laughs) 
rack your damn weights. You could <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hate that. Um, yeah. And so I grew up in that environment and mm-hmm. got a chance to play for some of the best strength coaches yeah. in the business at Florida. Mm-hmm. And so it had a great background in Olympic lifting and that type of stuff. Ah. And then, but the body, like I said, was broke down from all the surgeries yeah. and couldn't continue to do that. And I followed a hot girl into a yoga class in LA. And the first one or two was like a joke. I was like, this is just some glorified stretch. Yeah. But some cute kicks here. I'll keep yeah. coming back. Hey, keep coming. And I stumbled in this one guy's class, Vinny Marino's class mm-hmm. in Santa Monica on Main Street. And this dude kicked my... I mean, I was in a room <laughs> with about 70 people and yeah. I was the weakest link. Stop. <laughs> like, I know. I'm dead there serious. are I was, some I was really sh- fit people who do yoga. Like I was really shaking. Fit. Well, it works yeah. all your it works all Everything. your stabilizers and all, all the at things, once. Yes, all yeah. the things you don't train when you do typically yeah. heavy lifting, right? Sure. And it complements it really well, actually. Yeah, but totally. Anyway, I was the first time I was able to sweat and not mm. hurt, and yeah. I was like, "This is interesting." And so yeah. I would literally train my clients around this guy's schedule. And I went to him almost every day for about five years. Oh man! Wow! Like I was like his, like I was literally front row. It's so funny now. Like you see all the aloe yoga teachers and the yep. beach body yoga teachers. We were all in his class front oh, row years wow. ago. Like That's so, we so all awesome. took, we all took from this man. And kind of morphed it into our own. Oh, that's um, awesome. Such a special teacher. And yeah, so did that. And I think that's what kind of made my program unique was that blend of athletic training and yoga oh, and all yeah. these separate. And then also that blend of, we talked about early before we were recording the Mind Rock piece, it was like yep. my background as a Christian, but also yep. what I learned about meditation and yeah. merging those two worlds. And I think that's what my work has been is like figuring out a way to merge that yoga world with the fitness, <laughs> the spirituality with the Christian aspect. And that led to, long story short, a 20-minute home workout program that ends in meditation and prayer. It's an online business subscriptions. And yeah. we got clients around the world and continuing to learn and grow. That's that's, so- that's the 12-year journey right there in a couple <laughs> there minutes. There you go. Thank well, you all at so home funny. for listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to dive into this mixture of like Christianity, meditation, all those things. But yeah. first, I want to go back to movement. I looked up a statistic because I was curious how many Americans work out. Do you know, not to put you on the spot, do you know how many Americans work out? What percentage? Because it's no, I don't. low. Okay. I didn't either. So I looked it up. This is data from 2018, but only 23% of American adults meet leisure time physical activity guidelines, according to new research data from the CDC. So what that means is that only 23% of people aged 18 to 64 engage in at least 150 minutes of moderate physical activity or 75 minutes of vigorous physical activity every week. 23%. I say this all the time, and this is, I'm sorry for hurt some feelings. I was like, if this generation had to storm the beaches of Normandy, we'd all be speaking German. We would. Yeah. We would. We're, we've become a soft society. <laughs> In many it's ways, in many our ways, bodies. Yeah. And, yeah, totally. yeah, no, I totally, yeah, that's so true. And so that just kind of blew my mind. Like as someone who really appreciates health and wellness, and I'm like always trying to be better, just like you are, like I move my body. Right. And yeah. so it just like, that's a crazy statistic to me that just blew my mind. So, so interesting you said that, right? So like, I remember my parents are coming to visit me tonight here in Nashville, uh, I'm picking fine. them up at the airport. And I remember calling my dad because I was like, when I say rural in North Florida, like I go home and we live on a dirt road of like yes. just 13 houses of cousins on a dirt road. Stop. And so no, it's, it's a great way to grow up. <laughs> yeah. But 
I go back, you know, every year for the last 12 years or so. And I am the only person jogging on that road. I know. And you will not see anyone else working out. And I remember going to uh, California and calling my dad. I'm like, hey, you know, I was always like the weird one out there running around. I was like, a lot of people do it here in California. I'm not like the weird one. It's actually a thing. Yeah, it's actually a thing. He goes, really? He goes, we just thought you were kind of the weird one. That's so good. Well, I mean, I will say too, though, I mean, I just read the Blue Zones book about like the people who live to 100 around the world. There's five different communities. And the thing is, they don't work out, but their lives are so rigorous. I mean, I'm talking eight hour days being a shepherd in Greece, right? Like chasing your sheep and it's up on the hills. So, you know, nowadays we have to find some way to move our bodies. So we're doing TMAC workouts or we're indoor cycling or we're walking or running or whatever, but we used to have physical jobs, you know? Have you ever seen those pictures of like 70, 80 year old people in indigenous tribes? They're in a squatting position, cooking dinner for an hour. Yes. They're and, and so mobile. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever read Weston A. Price's like physical degeneration? I haven't, but Something I love like Weston A. Price. Yeah, I need like, to read it. It's it's like it's like I would say it's like the Bible of kind mm-hmm. of the paleo people pull what they like from it, the vegan right. people pull what they yeah, yes, feel yes. from it. And essentially his common theory was, or after he like he basically for those listening, this was a dentist like in the twenties or forties, like him and his wife Long traveled the ago. world. Yeah. Studying all the last indigenous tribes. Mm. And essentially what he walked away from was that what he studied the Aborigines in Australia, from Eskimos to Native Americans, yeah. those in Central America. And what you what you just said, people yeah. move their bodies throughout the day, which yep. you just said, and they ate fresh local. That was, oh, it. Yeah. It was that was the only commonality, sure. right? Like you, you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to do a team yeah. workout. You can be super healthy out gardening. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So that segues perfectly because what I want to ask you is, I feel like there are these people, like apparently 77% of Americans or a lot of people who hypothetically want to move their bodies, right? Yeah. So first I want you to tell us why no do you think No one wants to feel bad. No one wants to feel bad. But so why do you feel like it's so important? Like you've built your life around fitness and movement. Yep. Why do you think it's so important that we move our bodies? Everyone comes, even to our program, they come to lose weight, right? And what I try to get them to reframe is that if you're in this for the long haul and you want to create sustainable change, think of movement as a way to create energy, to create mm. a positive mindset. Yeah. And for me, that's all fitness has been. It's just mm. a way to create a positive mindset. And if you, guess what? If you consistently move your body, you happen to get in shape. Yeah. Right. But it's a, it's totally. everyone crashing the, you know, the, the diet plans, the yo-yo mm-hmm. dieting that I want to yeah. lose this 15,000 spring break. I get it. We'll still put those marketing flowers out there because that's sure. what people click. Mm-hmm. But that being said, if you want to create sustainable change, you have to shift your focus on why you work out. Right? Is, it, is, it, is it to be in a better mindset for Chaz, your husband, mm-hmm. right? Is sure. it to show up better for your children? Mm-hmm. Like you got to have a deep why on why you're doing this for behavioral change to take place. And I think the second thing that I would say for people starting a new behavior change is find a program that meets you where you are right now. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So we've got this idea that we have to be in the gym for an hour, right. Sure. To be in shape. It's just simply not true. Like I said, you can garden for, for 30 <laughs> minutes. You could do one of our team out 20 workouts. You right. could listen to this podcast and go for walks. Oh yeah. Right. Totally. Like you need to figure out a program that meets you where you are right now. Absolutely. And then the third part is like an accountability structure, right? Like mm-hmm. studies show you're 95% more likely to reach your fitness goals. If you have a daily check-in. Right. So that's, that's the community support. So that's where I, my mm. heart breaks for a lot of people in, in the rural South from, from is right. being obese, not exercising is the norm. I know. Right. And it's just like, you don't realize that like you're a 30 or 40 something year old person that's extremely obese, right. but you don't notice that because everyone around you is that way. Right. And it's the, it's the concept of just because it's happening around you doesn't yep. make it normal. Just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. But honestly, Todd, I mean, I grew up in Nashville where you live now and there's a lot of obesity in Tennessee, just like Florida and Georgia and a lot of the South. And I remember being a little girl and actually thinking that being obese as a woman is just the natural progression of what happens to your body. Like I really thought... I am a normal size little kid, but that like you have kids and this is what you turn into. Like, I honestly didn't, I remember consciously thinking that. And I I remember even like being, I got pregnant really young. And so I was 22. And even then I had other moms telling me, oh, like, enjoy those hips while you've got them. And I'm like, what? Like, Am I going to get really fat now? You know, like it's just the norm. It's the norm. And so we don't even question it a lot. Like you don't even know that it could change. The dad bod drives me freaking insane. Um, Sure. I get it. You don't have time to Mm. do your normal gym activity. Again, we said we make these 20 minute workouts you can do. Right. Uh, But it's the norm, right? And so the men in my family, we happen to mostly be decent at sports, right? Sure. And then we all have children young, right? Mm. My, my parents had me at 20 and 21. Wow. And then And then you get like, you drink a six pack at night and you don't move and you get, a, yeah. you get become unhealthy, right? And it's just right. like, but that was the norm, right? It was like, yeah, hey, you go play football, you have kids and you get fat. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like, I'm not judging you as a human. Like sure. I love my family more than yeah. anyone else. Like, Absolutely. Their, their value as a human has zero correlation with their the scale. Right? I think that's a key point that we have to make oh, in society. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we just saw with COVID, COVID doesn't care yeah. about like your emotions. No. COVID does discriminate based on your health. Right. Right. As a general whole. Yeah, for sure. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so for someone who wants to get started, right? But like, say they're in rural Georgia or Florida, wherever, and and they don't know what to do. Like, I think that, I think that there's a struggle because now, you know, we're not shepherds in the Mediterranean anymore. We're not doing these rigorous jobs anymore. And so we have to find a way to move our bodies that we enjoy. How do you help people? Find something that works for them. So we have a concept called the 320 concept that we take mm. people through in our, in our program. Yep. And it means essentially like I was trying to figure out how do we meet people where they are with behavioral change, right? Like people don't, people don't want to hurt. They want to feel good. Mm-hmm. But one of the problems with us in the fitness industry is we've just expected them to go to the gym for an hour every day. Right. So how could, I was trying to think like, how could I take people's normal daily activities and build in little blocks yeah. For habit change. And so the concept is called the 320 concept. You have three 20-minute windows in your day. When you first wake up, around lunchtime, and around dinner. 
Mm. Right. So we have our, our community wake up in the morning, do your team at 20 workout. We've right. got beginner workouts for those people. Yeah, who are just talking so about. Good. We have a great beginner program. Yeah. So do your team at 20 workout at lunch, grab a work colleague, grab your kids, grab your husband, go for a walk before or after lunch, move mm-hmm. your body. Same thing with dinner. Like I have a dog before we shut down and have dinner tonight, we're going to go for a 20 minute walk. So, so it's good. figuring out a way to make fitness work for you where you are yeah. right now. And that's the 320 concept. And I think that we all can do something similar to that. It may look like a 45-minute block in the morning, a 45-minute block, and make it work for you. But right. I think getting people to make fitness work for their lives mm. is something we've got to reframe. And it's something that in the fitness industry, we've done a poor job of. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think what you've kind of touched on a little bit is this is not from April, like March to April before spring break, right? Like this is not just this like quick hit of movement. I mean, movement has been shown to increase your longevity, how long you live, your vitality. And so I, you know, I always try to help people find something that you love, but also think outside of the box. Like, like you're saying, you know, it doesn't have to be going to the gym. You know, we see these fitness people on Instagram, like you're following Melissa Urban or you're following Paleo OMG and you're like, like she's 16 weeks pregnant and I can't even do that, you know? So it feels overwhelming to like watch these people do these intense workouts. But I think it's important to note that it can be yoga. You can start beginning videos with TMAC 20. You can be gardening. You can go on a walk. And then the other thing that I want to say is like, it's such a treat to live in Colorado. We live in Denver. Uh-huh. You guys, and... yeah, you guys are one of the best, most active. There's a reason why active people <laughs> yes, live there. Exactly. And so yeah. it's it was like a really it was honestly a culture shock, which I'm sure you know, like going from we lived in Atlanta for three years and we had been mm-hmm. in Georgia for 10 collectively. Moving out to Colorado, it was crazy. Like Fridays after school, you know, I'm picking up Ella from kindergarten and people are like, What you doing this weekend? You skiing, hiking, like biking? Like, what are you doing, you know, and it's, it's just such an active environment. And so you don't have to live in Colorado to have that. I, I like to encourage people to find active people to be with. Right. And so like when our friends here, like right before this podcast, my friend Jenny texted me and she's like, you want to get coffee? Why don't we walk to our neighborhood coffee shop, get coffee and walk back. And like, that that just would never have been a suggestion in Atlanta, honestly, you know? And so just find active people who will keep you accountable. Like you said, and also do active things with you. Yeah, it takes initiative a little bit if you're in a rural right. environment, right? It and does. so like one of the first things I did when I moved to back here to Nashville was I got a few of our, I call it the dad bod jog, <laughs> even though I'm the only one without a dad. Yeah. I got a few of my buddies that are dads. And hey, Sunday morning, 7.30, whether it's 19 degrees or 40 degrees in the rain, we meet at the trails and we go for a jog and grab coffee, right? And so like my friends at this point, they know that I'm not the person to go meet them at a bar at 10 o'clock at night. Right. Oh, like if they're in Nashville, if they're in Nashville visiting, they've, they've learned like a friend's oh, words have I'm a bachelor party coming. Yeah, and they're just like, one of the, one of the people in the text was like, Hey, Todd, where are the best bars? I'm like, you, you obviously don't know me very well. I can tell you where the best yoga classes are. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's like figuring out or understanding that communities, Hey, you want to go to coffee? Let's walk. Like just what you said. Yeah. And figuring out ways to build that into your skill. If you're at yeah. soccer practice for your kid, can you walk around the field while your kid's at soccer practice? Right. There's so many ways to get it in. I think sometimes 
we just feel so stuck to this gym idea and we don't want to lug ourselves to the gym and it's expensive, but there are just so many other opportunities to move your body. So I think what's important is try everything. Like, do you want to do Zumba? Great. Go dance your heart out to Latin music, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Because the longevity of like you picking something that you can do for a really long time is what's important. And I, the thing that I love about your 320 idea is even though you didn't explicitly say this, you know, there's different types of movement. You know, you've kind of got your slow, stretching, walking, yoga type movement. You've got your TMAC 20, like hit, like really get your heart rate moving, cardio type movement. So there's all these different types of movement. And sometimes if you're just doing yoga or you're just running or you're just doing, you know, you're not getting all the different types. And so that's a really great idea to do like three different little things throughout your day. Well, it's so, it's so interesting to me that you love yoga because I do too. But how did you get past the, like, I'm a football player. Like I'm a ripped guy. I like, how did you get past that? to do The the physical pain was that bad. Yeah. I would have never, like, I was always a funny joke. Like my old football buddies, like, can you believe Todd's doing yoga? Like never in a million years, but the pain had gotten that bad. I mean, I've yeah. got, like you and I have talked about before, I've got mm-hmm. bone on bone and shoulders, yeah. knees, low back. Yeah. And I just, I can lift occasionally if I'm mm. feeling good, but essentially the inflammation comes back. So the, I, mean, I would yeah. get out of bed at five in the morning to go to the gym, just in bad pain. I'd yeah. go lift for an hour. And then by noon, I'm hurting. And it was ultimately the pain. I think pain is uncomfortable, but it can actually force growth. And so oh, that's yeah. ultimately what, what led me to yoga. Absolutely. Yeah. I was in a car crash in 2014 mm. and I still have like periscapular pain, like kind of behind, like yep. by my, between my scapula and my spine. And when I am consistently doing yoga, like the last two weeks I've done yoga every single day. And, and I also do like Peloton bike and stuff like yep. that, but I, I'm pain-free. Like I was telling, I'm working with a functional nutritionist and I was telling Chaz and her between like eating low inflammatory and also doing yoga every day. Like I just feel so much better. Like there's just something about the alignment of the spine and like the The alignment of the spine. And this is why, again, one of the many reasons that we end all of our even hit workouts with a meditation Mm, and prayer is that what yoga does is it allows you to tap into the parasympathetic, the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so whether you have that, that pain in your neck or my pain in my back, we typically, especially as type A people, we stay yeah. in the sympathetic nervous system throughout the day, right? We, we get chronic inflammation. Yeah. Yoga does an amazing job of letting you switch that nervous system over, mm-hmm. right? To rest and digest. Yeah, it's And so that important. has so many healing benefits of the body. And that's, like I said, the structural stuff is the structural stuff. Yeah. And yoga doesn't, like, for example, I've got bad knees. So yoga is incredible mm. at strengthening your glute medius. Your glute medius yeah. helps stabilize your knees. Posterior yeah. chain work, right? Yeah. These things are real, but also what happens is I think in our society that hasn't been talked about a ton is the importance of switching the nervous system over and right. us staying in oh, this yeah. heightened sense throughout the day. And yoga does an incredible job. And again, this is why even though we do the HIIT workouts with our program, we end each workout with a meditation and prayer, allowing you for a few brief moments to switch over your nervous mm. system. That's so good. Yeah. Let's go into mind right. Tell us mm. the four parts of mind right. I love it so much. <laughs> Do it after your Peloton. Yeah. So, yeah. So, this it breaks into four parts. And what, so the backstory behind this was like, I came to know Jesus Christ at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And that was, so ever since I was 12, I've been praying in the morning, praying at night on my knees. Yeah. And looking back, like it was a good intention, but I was kind of half assing it. 
Sure. Like you yeah. wake up in the morning, you're out here, God be with me today, be with my family, bless <laughs> sure. it. Right. Like it's yeah, a good intention, but you're half asleep, right? Yeah. It's a good practice. And uh, what I learned was that movement, if we shock the system first, we can then dive into our spiritual practice in mm. more depth. Yeah. Right? And so like, I always say that like praying is like talk. Someone else said this, I didn't come up with this. Praying is like talking to God. Meditation mm-hmm. is creating the space for God. And that's mm-hmm. a big difference. It's a, it's a huge, huge difference. difference. And so what I tried to do is combine what I knew with my daily prayer as a Christian, what I've learned through football and the yoga world. So I'll break it down to four parts. And again, I think it's just like meditation is just like fitness. It's better to do something short and brief consistently than an hour once a week, right? right and so this, this meditation takes four minutes, maybe five minutes. So the first part after your workout, it's best used after your workout, right? You get, it's kind of, Melissa talks about like, it's a great analogy of like, think of it as a kid with a tantrum tantrum. You shake yeah. your body first, get all the nervous energy out, then you can dive yeah, in. Yeah, that's so and good. And so the first part is just a moment of gratitude, right? So much craziness going on the last two years. Oh my gosh. Starting your day with gratitude. I've got this mm-hmm. roof over my head. I've got this beautiful family. Mm-hmm. I've got my health. There is so much to be grateful for, even during some crazy times. And just yeah, starting agreed. your day in gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. The second part is simply lifting up a loved one. Mm-hmm. Right? Can you pour blessings on your children? Right? Mm-hmm. For example, I share the analogy all the time. My brother's a police officer. Mm-hmm. I see him coming home in his police uniform, hugging his wife and kids. They're running out. And just and just imagine a glowing light over hovering over his family mm-hmm. and just pouring blessings upon my family. Mm-hmm. Right? Understand that you're. It's bigger than just you. Mm, you live yeah. in a society where it's all about me, 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 me. Yeah. How many social followers can I get? How many right. likes and engagement? Like, it's bigger than just you. It's a great reminder. Mm -hmm. The third part I learned from football and the visualization. So you'd appreciate this. So I'm at Florida. My sophomore year, we're playing South Carolina. Lou Holtz was the coach at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was studying film that week, like we always do. And there was this one play that in short yardage, Coach Holtz liked to run. And for whatever reason, I'm in the hotel the night before on Friday night, like we always do. And I'm kind of playing the game the night before in my head, visualizing the game, playing it out. Right. But you're also like 19, 20 years old. You're texting your girlfriend. You're yeah, doing all exactly. this stuff. Right. So it's like, you're, it's, it's very, it's limited, but it was at least a good practice. Yeah. And sure enough, it's the fourth quarter. The game is on the line. They're driving. If they get the first down, maybe they win the game. It's fourth mm. and one. And you've been maybe in the swamp, 93,000 screaming fans. Yes. It is so loud that when you're in that moment on the field, the ground shakes. Oh, man. Right. And everything went still. They lined up in this formation and it was like slow motion. I could see the blood in the tips of the finger of the tight end. I could see the pupils' eyes of the fullback. Yeah. And before the play was going to happen, I knew what was going to happen. So I shot the gap, hit the ball carrier in the backfield. Crowd goes wild. We win the game. <sighs> we go back into the film room the next day and my linebacker coach was like, I had no idea how you did that or why you did that, but I totally took credit for it. <laughs> And I was like, he was like, what happened? I was like, I saw it happen before it happened. Yeah. But I'm 19, 20 years old. I couldn't really articulate yes. what I what it took place, right? I was in that yeah. flow state. Yeah. But I've seen it happen. And so that's the third part of the mind, mm. right? Meditation is that visualizing success today. So like visualizing this podcast, mm. being present with you. How can I show up for my family tonight? When I pick like right. what does success look like for you? Maybe it's a business meeting, maybe it's mm. a sales call. Could be simply going for a walk with your kids. What does a good day look like? Yeah. More importantly, what does it feel like? Mm. Step into that motion. Start triggering. Your brain doesn't know the difference. So if it can feel that moment, let it feel that what success feels like. Mm-hmm. And the fourth part, which is inspired by Psalms forty six ten, be still 
and know that I am God, right? Mm -hmm. And this is where you just listen to the rise and the fall of the breath, the sounds of the room, and this just being present. And this is where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned part of that from yoga, right? Of like, of finishing with meditation and just merging those two worlds is what I've tried to do. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I love it so much. And pairing it with like, it is habit stacking. You're already working out. You add on a meditation. And I think that's, I think that's genius. You know, just, you're already doing something. Just add this other really beneficial thing on top. That's so good. Well, I think, I think you have a really unique perspective because I grew up going to the church Wednesday and Sunday every week from the womb, you know, like I, you were a dedicated one. I was, yeah, I was dedicated before I even had like agency (laughs) to be dedicated. And so there's just this thing that happens. I think when you grow up in the church that, you know, if it's not explicitly in the Bible, it's wrong. Right. Or if it's not like, I don't think that's biblical. I don't think that's uh, something that Christians should be doing. And I remember I did yoga really intensely when we lived in Savannah, we had just gotten married. This like 20, 12. And I had Christian friends tell me, oh, those poses, literally, are you ready? Open you up to the devil. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so there are a slew of Christians across the country who Uh don't do yoga because they feel like it's, I guess it's wrong, I, I guess would be the way to say it, or or even like meditation. So I guess my question is... Jesus meditated. Right. Okay, so go into a little bit. If there is someone listening who is a Christian or who feels like, I don't know how Meditate it feels spiritually, like yeah, spiritually about like yoga or meditation, like what's your response to that? So it's interesting. I was living in Nashville a couple of years ago and I was teaching a class, a yoga class. And I cannot tell you how many Christians came up to me privately, just in tears saying, mm. because I think it's our job as teachers to speak the language of our students. Yes. Right? So I don't speak in Sanskrit. I speak <laughs> North Florida. Right. Uh, and, in, yeah. and instead of namaste, I say, God bless. Mm. And people would come up to me privately in tears saying, I've been practicing yoga and I've been feeling so guilty with my faith as a Christian. Oh, wow. This is the first time in my life that I felt in alignment with my faith. Mm. And people are, this is a real issue in the South and rural areas like Midwest. <laughs> yep. I think a couple things. One, we suppress what we don't understand, mm-hmm. whether that's a different race, if that's a different way of life, whatever that is, we suppress that we don't understand. It's easiest for us to do that. That's bad. They're the bad guys. We're the good guys. <laughs> right. Right. It's just easier. Second, there's also, I think what I've tried to do, right? Like is lean into my faith with two things, especially the last couple of years with all this, right? It's like mm-hmm. lean in with love and humility, mm-hmm. right? I don't have all the answers. For me, a simple dude from North Florida to, to be able to art articulate or explain the power and majesty of the creator of this universe it's beyond mm. my grasp. Sure. And so when I created the program, I wanted it, the majority of our community are Christians, mm. but we also have Muslims. Mm. We also have Jewish people. We have agnostic people. And I simply like, they, you just did the framework. It allows right. people to connect in a way that resonates. I connect through Jesus Christ. Sure. Other people connect in a different way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, it was just creating that framework. Their fate is in between them and their heavenly father. That's not sure. for me to tell them what that is. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's kind of how I approach it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. I think that's awesome. Well, I think it's so great that you were living this corporate job. And I feel like, you know, millennials, we do this a lot. You know, I was doing the same thing, pursuing a corporate job, got pregnant, had to figure something else out, started all of you whole. So that's incredible, by the way. Yeah. crazy story. Congrats on your success. It's pretty amazing to watch the journey. Thank you so much. Well, so what would you say to someone who is in that step, right? Like they're in that phase where they're living a corporate job, but they're feeling like we were misaligned, not doing something they're passionate about. Do you have advice for that person? How do they pursue their dream? So two things. One, I respect, and it is honorable to go in and do a job, even if you don't love it, and provide yeah. it for your family. Sure. I think too much in this world, we say, go chase your dreams, et cetera. Yeah. Put sure. food on the table for your kids. <laughs> yes. First, right? yeah. Pay your mortgage. Yeah. Like that, there's honor in that, mm-hmm. right? Like don't underestimate that. Mm-hmm. Then take an evaluation of where you are financially, where, the, where things are. Mm-hmm. What is your passion? That's a good starting point, but also what are you good at? Yeah. For example, the other day, like I got a hot tub here in Nashville. Oh, yeah. I couldn't get this thing to work to save my life. <laughs> totally. I was literally, I would pay someone $100 to come out here and help me set up this damn hot tub. Right, right? exactly. Like, I can teach fitness and yoga all day. Right. But someone's, I found this guy in Nashville that spent the last 15 years in a hot tub business. Yeah. Right. Like, find out what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Go work under, like, work for someone for free if you can. Like, if you have mm-hmm. a nine to five, do that. If you like to work on cars, Go find a mechanic, volunteer Saturdays and Sundays, nights mm-hmm. and weekends, getting good at this of, of what you're like, your like, trying to match that passion with your mm-hmm. skill set, right? Like yeah. a lot of people are like, I want to play NFL football. Awesome. Be the best. There's a lot of things you can get from football, but look, I happen to be born six, five, right? Should I deserve to be six, five? If your ass yeah. is five, nine, you ain't playing in the NFL, <laughs> yeah, right? Like no. it's, you can, you can still enjoy football. I mean, you yeah. can enjoy it, but like you need to match your skill sets with right. your passion. Yeah. What that is, be honest where you are in your situation financially. And then I was like, go apprentice. Like mm. I studied under this yoga teacher for years, every single day. Mm-hmm. Like he'll forget more about yoga than I'll ever know. Yeah. Right. And like I sacrificed financially taking on a client at $200 an hour to go to his yoga class. Yeah. To get better. Right. Right. And so if also the thing I'll say for those like that want to get out of the nine to five, you really have to hate it that bad to work yeah. nights and weekends. And if yeah. you're not willing to work nights and weekends, mm. you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur. Oh man. Amen. It's, yeah. Again, this doesn't make you a better person. Just like the weight loss yeah. thing, like right. to be an entrepreneur or working. It doesn't make you any better, but you need to be clear on that. Everyone's like, well, I wish I had that. Do you really, do you really yeah. wish you had? Because that responsibility is like, if a certain amount of subscriptions and Stripe paying me something good through, I can't pay my mortgage. Right, exactly. Do you, want, do you want that type of responsibility or do you want to be able to go check in nine to five knowing you're going to get a W-2? Sure. Yeah. Like, One, be real. Let's talk taxes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, God. Like the amount of tip 99s that I personally receive, it's just like, ugh. <laughs> I oh, love God. being an entrepreneur 11 months out of the year and then taxes come around and I'm like, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> Every <quit>. time. <laughs> So yeah, I think that our society twofold. We a lot of our generation, we saw our parents clock in, clock out. Yep. Come home, mm-hmm. drink a six pack. Like, well, they're not happy. Like you, mm-hmm. you spend the majority of your life at work, making miserable, et cetera. And then we went maybe too far, saying that everyone should go out and be an entrepreneur, and understanding like 
you know, it's interesting. Like I talked to, I guess my dad never coming in town. I can remember him being like, you're talking about work and stuff. And I was like, he's like, all you kids these days, you're talking about your passions and your dream. He goes, I was just so happy to be able to pay the rent. I know. He goes, you know, for y'all's birthdays, y'all, we had hot dogs, we had hot dogs and Bud Lights. And he goes, I, I would, he goes, we, everyone was happy. Oh, I know. It's like, I tell you what, like doing your passion, right? Yep. Is It is a unique, really wonderful thing that I get to do every day. I, I understand that privilege, but also... I do think getting back to the simple life, there's something really there's, lovely about that. Absolutely. They're, they're, I think that's one of the... Have you, are you watching that TV show, 1883 8, no. or something? No, no, no. I want to. What is did it you watch, about? Did you watch Yellowstone? Um, no, I don't watch a ton of TV, but okay, I've heard so Yellowstone's it's, awesome. It's the prequel to that. But there's okay. this beautiful couple of scenes in there. And I think it's so true. Like Native Americans had it right. Like they lived mm, with the land. They went, to bed, they went to bed with the sun. They woke up with the yeah. sun. We work jobs that we don't enjoy to get a third car garage. Right. To get stuff we don't actually so we like. Need. Right. I know. And so I yeah. think that's a, a lot of people in society are reevaluating that now. Like what does oh, happiness yeah. look like? Like yeah. do I need the extra bedroom? Right. Can I live in a more affordable place? and have more freedom to do the things mm. I want to do. I think yeah, absolutely. Great, I think COVID's been great for that. Uh, it's yeah. a to have an honest reflection on what brings us happiness. Absolutely. And it's so interesting. I feel like what we're seeing like in the scientific community is like, oh my gosh, studies show that if you look at the sunrise and you get red light in your eyes, it does this, this, and this. And it's like, the Native Americans didn't need studies, right? No. Like this is how they lived. Or even like I had my friend Allison Morris on the show talking about eating seasonally. And when you eat what's currently in season, you're rotating your foods. That's yep. better for your gut. And so it's like, yep. it's like we need science to tell us to just go back to the basics. And it's like, you know, yep. I think we can just go back to the basics. I was messing with a functional medicine buddy of mine the other day. He was posting on, uh, I guess, like earthing, like walking with your feet yeah. in the grass. Oh my gosh, I, I, I know. Comment, I commented on his post. I was like, brother, we called that growing up country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like we just run around barefoot all day. Yeah, exactly. It's good for your feet. You <laughs> yep. get the energy of the earth. That's so yep. funny. That's so true. Well, awesome. Okay, I want to end by asking you the two questions that I ask everybody. Uh-oh, what are these? Oh, you got, you got this. So the first is at the end of your life, when you're looking back, what will a successful life look like to you? I think you do this every day in your meditation. So I think this should be a slam dunk for you. <laughs> uh, no, I think for me, one... A guy, I think just a, a guy that gave and served others. Mm. Hopefully, though, more than anything with work, it'll say maybe one day a father, a son, a brother, a husband. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that like, like you go read someone's epitaph and what does it say? It's like that shows like kind of what they're looking for for me. Hopefully, people like, hey, this guy used the gifts God gave him to serve his fellow brothers and sisters. Mm, so good. The next one's a two-parter. So what is something in your life you feel like you've been specifically intentional about recently? And what's something you'd like to be more intentional about moving forward? Being intentional. So I've been single for pretty much a decade now. <laughs> yeah. Right? I've gotten pretty good at like taking care of Todd, mm. right? Bearing the responsibility of others and being intentional in the sense of like, I know who I'm looking for in a wife and what that looks like. And so I'm mm-hmm. not going to compromise on that. But being intentional, I think, in this space that I walk in with that. So mm. I think that is something that I'm kind of trying to be intentional with mm-hmm. and being intentional with that. And then what was the what was the last one? 
What is something you'd like to be more intentional about? I think for me, I need to be more intentional with getting involved. I just moved back to Nashville, being involved mm-hmm. in the local community. Mm. Right? Like I, so for me, that are probably like, typically what I like to do is I like to volunteer one hour a week of community service, mm-hmm. what, like just for free. And that's usually teach mm-hmm. a public yoga class mm. for someone, go to a studio and just teach a free class. That's probably what I need to be focusing on just to make sure that like, in the midst of, yes, you have to grow your business. Yes, you have to do these things. Yes, you're still mm-hmm. getting settled in Nashville, but making sure that's a priority. Like, yeah. I, it, that's good for me to go do one hour yeah. a week of community service. Yeah, I think that's so good and such a good reminder. And the thing about that that's so helpful is like, I feel like we serve the homeless community as a family. It ends up being like once a month or yeah. no. I mean, but it's funny because you walk in thinking I'm helping these people. And you are, right? Of course, you're bringing them food, you're bringing them meals, giving them a warm space. But I think I walk out so changed. Totally. And that's a huge component of it. It's, you know, it's about them and serving them. And it's also changing you every time you interact. Look, and so what you're hitting on is something I say all the time is that for so long in the fitness world, we've talked like, you can do all the workouts you yep. can eat all the kale, but if your soul is not at peace, mm. you will never experience true wellness. And what yeah. you're getting when you go serve the homeless is your soul is getting a little bit of nourishment. Mm-hmm. Even though you yeah. probably don't feel like it, and there's a million, there's a podcast you got to edit, and there's kids, et cetera, <laughs> yeah. all these other reasons. Mm-hmm. You go in and serve for a little bit and your soul gets fed a little bit yeah. from that. That's yeah, wellness. I think, I think that is. And it's so interesting because I feel like people think, when people think health and wellness, they think, what am I eating? And they yeah. think, how am I moving? Those are the two things that, that come up the most. And yes, that's a huge, huge part of it. But also what I love about what you're doing is, you know, it's it's more than that. And it's your emotional wellness. It's your yeah. spiritual wellness. It's being quiet and listening to God. It's it's all those things. I haven't figured out how to way to market that yet, though. Be honest. Oh, yeah. We should chat. <laughs> yeah, we should chat. Because every well, time I ask people, it's all about we're to lose 15 pounds. And I'm like, I know. Yeah, I it's know. Always, it's, it's always a struggle. Well, you know, it's part, I feel like our missions in life are so aligned just in that I, I want people to live an intentional life. That yep. That's the bottom that's line well of of what I'm doing. And I think, I think you're doing that too. And, and it's more through moving your body and that's a critical component of it. But, you know, we just want people to live an intentional life. But part of that is like receiving the love and, and and feeling that connection with God, with others. It's, it's more than movement. Well, awesome. Well, Todd, tell people where they can connect with you and where they can find more about uh, Connect 20. Yeah, if they want to get 10 free days of home workouts or Team Act 20 workouts, and again, they're 20-minute workouts, beginners in advance, each one ends in meditation and prayer, they can just go to tmacfitness.com and get 10 days there. Four times a year, we run one of our 20-day challenges that I would love for everyone to join. It's basically a 20-day deep dive into mind, body, spirit. And that's something that we're actually kicking off here shortly. So it just depends when they... Whenever they listen to this, they go, yep. go to tmacfitness.com, either do the 10 free days or join us for the 20-day challenge. And then yep. I'm on Instagram at tmacfitness. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Todd, for being on the show today. It was such a lovely conversation with you. Movement is just so crucial to our longevity, our vitality. It's so important. So I hope that you, like I, were encouraged to find a movement style that works for you, but not only that, to do something every day. So whether you adopt Todd's 320 rule and you have three 20 minute movement breaks throughout your day, or you want to take up his advice to start your day with movement and a mind right practice, I would encourage you to find something. And I think you'll be surprised how much that that movement can actually provide movement forward in your life. It just provides you with this energy, this gumption to get things done and to move forward and make your life better. I would love for you to try out TMAC Fitness. I actually have an affiliate code that you can use below and you will get 10 days free of the TMAC 20 workouts. They have workouts for beginners. They have yoga videos. They have more challenging hit classes. Honestly, if you want to move your body, this is the way to do it at home with no equipment. Really, we love these workouts and Chaz and I often do them together, especially when we're traveling and we just want something to do that we can do together. We love these workouts. So again, Todd, thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to follow TMAC Fitness and I will see you guys next week. 